0: Hey guys welcome back a few things before we get started this evening don't forget about our promo codes if you guys are looking for a new cbd to try hopewell farm cbd is top-notch this stuff is amazing it has the max amount of thc that's legally allowed and it's very potent it's really good stuff even weed smokers say it's the only cbd they can actually notice the difference uh, but it's really great stuff I uh, can't sleep without it. It's amazing. You get 10% off all of their products with promo code journey to truth 10 That link is below. Also, the Omnia Radiation Balancer, a patch you put on any radiating device, uh, Wi-Fi router, cell phone, computer. It harmonizes the frequency and balances your energy field, turns the frequency into something actually beneficial that's no longer hurting your body. And they have pendency you wear that act the same way. Uh, it balances your energy field. Really great products. People seem to love them. You get 10% off all those with promo code TRUTH, all caps. And Ascent Nutrition, our newest affiliate, they have some amazing products. Pine needle oil, uh, algae oil, and uh, coffee, which Aaron says is the best coffee. Uh, We do not have a promo code for them, but we strongly believe in their products that link is below they have a lot more products than that but uh, go check it out and if you want to drink the coffee out of a journey to truth mug you can get this on our teespring page with 20 percent off promo code 20 and back that link is below also all right now that you're done spending money (laughs) uh, tonight we are joined by randy kramer Uh, a lot of you probably know who he is some of you might not uh, he's a secret space or covert space program uh whistleblower i guess he's the first one that i know of what year did you actually come forward randy
1: it was about <clears throat> excuse me it was about 2012 i want to say march of right. 2012
0: right so so for people who don't know you spent 17 years on mars uh you're for, obviously you're a former marine and um, there's a whole testimony Still there marine. Still never, never
1: stop being a marine. Right. I'll be a marine. I'll stop being a marine when I'm dead.
0: <laughs> right. Then I'll be a
1: dead marine. And I'll still be a marine. I'll be a dead. Marine.
0: You know, it's in, yeah. it's interesting because I heard your original testimony on regular cable on a UFO show back before. Yeah, Hanger
1: One was the name of the show. It was on the History Channel. It was one of the first like interviews that I did way way back, and it's yeah, it's it's still there's still airing episodes of it. So
0: that was that was way before my awakening and I'll, I'll never forget i i remember hearing that and it just like took me back i even went to you had a website at the time and i forgot like i had to like sign up or do something and back then i didn't care enough i was like ah whatever and i just let it go but obviously the universe had other plans that wouldn't let me forget about it but it was a long time ago i mean that was way before ssp ever even caught traction
1: Oh, yeah. It's been been a decade, over a decade or, yeah, getting to be over a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. So were you the first SSP public? Yeah. At the time, at certainly. Yeah. The first time. one to come forward, do public interviews and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And then uh, obviously, you know, you try to it's it's interesting. I can find you on a Google search or an Internet search, but on YouTube, Maybe you type in Randy Kramer, like nothing comes up except for one video. It says Randy Kramer, pathological liar, or something. Of course. Yeah. And so I can
1: I can tell you this much about the algorithm. I have spent very little time doing searches on myself. Every six months or a year, I will sometimes do a quick search just to see what's up, what's been done, what's still posted. There was a time when I could do a YouTube search on myself and you know, 50, hundred interviews that I'd done would come up. As far as I know, those haven't been deleted off of the internet and they're up there still somewhere, but it, it's all stuff that you can't find anymore. There used to be, <clears throat> I noticed about the same time that the YouTube algorithm also started hiding uh, UAP sites. So we were going through a phase where if you, if it was something you were following along, which I was barely following along to see. Uh, there was a few different people that were posting like once a month. Here's all the best UAP sightings we've had this month. And it was just like good ones too, right? And it was like five, 10 a month. And they would just happen all the time. And you could do a YouTube search and you would just get laundry list of videos of really good shots. Now, now you can't find shit. You can even type type search words in that should get you those results, but they don't. So they found some way to limit what people get in their results for sure.
0: And and the videos exist because the videos exist because if you find them on a search engine on their videos, they're YouTube videos, but the algorithm on YouTube has them scrubbed. So they're still on there. You just have to dig and know what to type in exactly or whatever. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You have to have a link or know exactly what to type in, but the algorithm will just be like, oh, no, you don't need to see this
0: right right i mean they they, they, they just deleted one of our videos from a long time ago for inciting or glorifying acts of violence two
2: and a half years ago yeah okay.
0: it's like like they just go through
1: it doesn't, more, it doesn't do that at all
0: right it's a
1: bullshit excuse well there was a time when they were i want to say this would have been maybe five years ago maybe six i my. It's sometimes it gets to be a blur of the past, but I think maybe five or six years ago, they were going through and purging a lot of people's channels off of YouTube for violations yeah. of terms of service, even though they're not telling you what you violated. And they're just like, you violated terms of service. And there was a bunch of people in the community who were getting their YouTube channels taken down. And I was just like, how long is it going to take? And they eventually took the channel that I had down and we've had to do couple new ones since then. And mm-hmm. so there was there was a channel I had up that had a bunch of stuff that I'd uploaded. And then they were just like, no, you're violating terms of service. And I'm like, and they send you a link that says to to all the terms of service. They're not telling you what you violated. They just send you to the page that tells you what all the terms of service are. And they're saying, you have violated one of these rules. We're not going to tell you which one it is, so that you can't address it or fix it or come to us and say, there, I've addressed this. I'm not violating your terms of service anymore. Right. Yeah. They just it was just well, a scrub.
2: Because it's not scrub. about that. That's just the yeah. BS. It's about the censorship. Right. They don't they don't want yeah. whatever you're talking about being viewed.
0: By the way, okay. sorry. Okay. I, you guys- I just want
1: to say I'm so confused by because like you cannot put the toothpaste back in this tube. Right. And yeah, know, the fact that people are trying to cram toothpaste back into a tube is just like so futile to me. But right. Right. it is.
2: It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: it's not gonna happen, but
0: okay. If you couldn't hear Aaron, uh apparently my mic wasn't plugged in. Well, I mean it, this was certainly it was picking, picking it up. up. Okay. But if for the listeners, if he was quiet, that's why. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um yeah, I mean they, they take your video down for inciting violence, but uh you know, pulling a video down without our permission, that's fighting words where I came from. So they're doing the same thing. <laughs>
1: well, and it's pretty selective. I've seen a lot of stuff put up that if I were someone who was checking people for violations of terms of service or promoting, you know, violent acts or something, there's a whole bunch of people that I think should be removed, but they're not. They're not. So,
0: right. Very hmm. selective for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get into the good stuff. So um, for those of you listening, who don't know Randy Kramer's testimony, like it's on a million interviews. And if you know, if you do a search, you can find them. And he's spoken about this a number of times. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to get into the full testimony. Uh, Give him a chance to briefly go over what he did and how he got to work, what he's doing today, which is uh, what he calls psionic self-mastery and um, psionic development, self-mastery, human potential, consciously doing things to rewire the brain and it's some really great work and there's some amazing stuff that he's working on, he's developing, but we'll get there. Um, so Randy, if you wanna just go ahead and start from square one, let us know um, how you got your memories back, what you remembered, what that looked like, and you can just go over it as briefly as you'd like.
1: Sure, it's um, I have to stretch my arms way out. It's like a long story and I always try and make it super brief. So I may make it too brief for some people, but I'll do my best. So, um, it was a common practice uh, among covert military space programs who were having a intense shortage of personnel that they needed and were using technology and programs, which let's just let's just say were not allowed under normal law for a whole bunch of reasons, mostly human rights violations. But um, so kids, uh, children, infants, toddlers uh, have their brains augmented, implants put in, put into a training program that happens super covertly, uh, so covertly that it happens at night when everyone else is asleep. And <clears throat> which I know seems kind of weird, but it, it was weirder for me, believe me, to experience it and try and sort it out than it is for most people to hear me tell about it. So let me just say it was way weirder for me right to deal with than it was for you or anybody else to hear about how weird it was way weirder for me um <clears throat> so that's a process that goes until like 17 years old then you get a deployment the deployment is a varied amount of time uh but tours typically tend to be 20 30 or more years it really depends on how much time you can get out of the soldier because they have a lifespan limit based on the training and the augmentations and the Really rough, I'm going to be honest, rough psychological program to separate different parts of the personality from sort of your emotional part and your logical part so that when you're trigger pulling, you don't have to stop and feel a bunch of stuff about who you're shooting or what you're shooting. Um, And then, uh, so tour of duty, in my case, was 30 years. uh, And then they bring you back 15 minutes after you left. Little we'll trace amounts of time travel involved. Uh, after what they call, and this is a, to make this distinction, they call it a mi- memory erase or a mind wipe, which it isn't. And they call it a de aging or reverse aging process, which it also isn't. So the memory suppression is actually taking all of that content of memory of the experience and putting it into a pocket in your mind in your subconscious where you can't remember it. And getting Access to that is like kind of getting through a mental vault door that once you get through, you're like, oh, shit, this is crazy in here. What did this all happen? I don't remember when. But once you start sorting it out, there's a linear, there's a chronology to it. It starts to make sense. There's things that I mean, I don't consider myself a very creative person, so I don't know how my imagination could come up with half the shit that I've ever experienced or lived through because. I've just never been an imaginative storyteller. I've just never really been one. Uh, I'm pretty good at telling stories that actually happen, uh, which is probably why I do this job. But um, it, it, I mean, it's is weirder and weird for me. Sometimes it is for other people to hear it. But at the same time, once you remember enough, then it just becomes like a Tuesday afternoon. And so I realized, you know, Spaceships, wormholes, time travel, aliens, railguns, plasma rifles, all this shit to some people is like super high fi Rick and Morty concept stuff. Or it's crazy if you think it's real, but I can just say that it's it is what it is. It's common. Talk. I've been there, experienced it, done it. The memory retrieval process was long. It took a decade and a half, maybe almost two decades to get to where I would say it was total recall. But the initial memory process of what you start to see or experience is almost immediate from the return of the tour of duty, flashes, images, like pictures of things that pop into your head when you're wide awake, stone sober, and you just go, whoa, what was that? Where did that come from? Why Why would I, What? you know, and mostly it's shocking. Uh, the first images that were popping into my mind anyway, were just battle scenes of just bodies. And so it would just be like, Driving down the road, ride my bike, and then you know get this flash—just dead bodies everywhere—and go, "Okay, where's that coming from?" Because yeah, right. I wasn't thinking any—I wasn't thinking anything weird or thinking about dead bodies or thinking about hurting anybody. It just all of a sudden, you know, there it was. Mm-hmm. And that process took time. That was that was a a slow process. By the time I was in my late twenties, I was like, "Okay." I have to sort this out. Something's going on here and I have to sort it out. And luckily for me, I had a friend who was a psychiatrist and I sat down and I said, look, I'm not sure what's going on, but I got some weird things happening with either memories that are coming up that are very traumatic or insanity of some kind. And I'm really not sure at this point at that stage that it felt visceral but there was no external verification for someone to come along and just go, yeah, that happened. You right. know, So mm-hmm. I'm just in this constant wrestling match in my own mind. With, did that happen? I remember that it happened. Did it happen? I should remember that it happened. It's, vis- it's visceral memory that I remember that it happened. I can smell it. I can hear it. I can taste it. I can feel it. But did it? Um, so he sat down. Uh, with me and popped open the DSM four, which was the book at the time, the diagnostics and statistics manual volume four, which has all the symptomology of all the behavioral health problems. And we went through, we went through, we went through schizoaffective disorder. We went through schizophrenia. We went through, you know, psychotic episode. We went through all the disorders and there was just not enough boxes to check to qualify for any of those. We got to post-traumatic stress disorder and I checked 17 out of 18 or 18 out of 19 boxes so at that point he was just like oh there you just diagnosed yourself right and i was like okay it's post-traumatic stress disorder he was like yeah so here, here's the name of a therapist uh you might want to talk to it was a friend of his who worked with abductees and some, occasionally I mean, it wasn't like her entire field but she had clients who were abductees contactees and so um i actually was able to work some shit out and get really clear and re- really clear about what had happened and able to remember what would happen. And then that was just a whole nother journey from that point to contacting my brigadier general or really him contacting me and engaging in that conversation. Do you want to be the PR guy? No, that's a, that's a terrible idea. I don't want to be the PR guy. Well, maybe you really should be the PR guy. Let me give you some reasons okay, I'll be the PR guy. I'll be the spokesperson for the command staff. All right, fine. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to talk about my stories. I didn't want to like do interviews and talk to the general public. I'm actually a very private person. People who know me know that I like my privacy. I like my quiet time. I don't like being around. I'm not antisocial, but I like my quiet. I don't like being around people a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. So this was not what I wanted to do, but I got convinced that it was the right thing to do. So over time, we've uh, essentially... Been talking to people, talking about covert military space program operations, talking about what's happening with the invasion scenario, which is a whole other topic that we can touch upon, but we don't necessarily need to get too much into that, um, and educating people. And then eventually uh, talking about psionic development. I had a conversation with my brigadier general uh, before I was doing a conference, and someone was like, oh, do you want to like teach a class or do a, a workshop or something? I was like, okay, sure. And I didn't know what I was gonna do. And they said, cool, what are you gonna do? And I was like, I don't know. And I talked to my brigadier whose name is Julian. I said, Julian, I'm not sure what I should do here. Uh I don't what's practical? What's what should I do? And he said, Well, what do you think people need to know more than anything on a personal level? And I was like, duh, psionic development. They need to understand how their brains work and how to channel their psionic energy so that they can be psionically active human beings. Like, well, that's duh. And he was like, okay, do that teach a class on psionics. I was like, well, how how should I do that? He was like, teach it from the manual. I was like, you want me to teach a civilian psionics class from the United States Marine Corps special section psionics manual? He was like, yeah, why not? So I did. Uh, And it went very well. And it was very successful. People showed up. And so I did a bunch of in-person classes over the years. And then COVID happened. And it was like, oh, no more in-person classes. And someone was like, you should do an online class. And then that really just turned into, I, I want to reach more people. I, I That was my main problem with doing in-person classes. They're like, great, I reached 30 students today. Fabulous. But then that's that's a handful of people. And I felt like I wanted to get a better reach. So going to an online course was a great step. And now we're just focused on getting information to everybody. That meditation is simple, anybody can do it, and daily practice will make for development. And if you want to develop more than a little bit, got all kinds of tools for that, all kinds of skill building, all kinds of techniques for that. But just the very act of meditating on a daily, regular basis will create psionic mental and brain development. So, we're just wanting to emphasize that message at the moment because people need. I don't want to tell people what to think. There's a lot of people right now telling people what to think, right? You should be on this side or you should be on this side. You should believe in this person. You should believe in that person. I don't want to tell people what to think. I want to teach them how to think. And the most important thing in learning how to think is learning how your mind works and that it's a muscle. It's, It's metaphorically, it's a muscle. And if you don't work your mind and your brain muscle, then it's hard to think clearly.
0: Well, you don't think for yes. yourself anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, your thoughts <clears> throat> aren't your <throat> own. So, yeah, let's. Exactly. That was a lot. And that's amazing. And I actually agree mm-hmm. because, first of all, the psionic, psionic warfare is something we talk about. So, they are, uh, they're weaponizing our own brains against us, basically, mm-hmm. is what they're doing. So, well,
1: let me let me state that a little bit differently they're weaponizing people's lack of understanding of their minds and their own dysfunctions. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it is way more about using people's bullshit against them. And one of the, that's why one of the things we teach is you got to deal with your own bullshit because the only way you become unattackable psionically is to have no bullshit to be attacked.
0: Right. Cause that's
1: all they're doing. They're hitting internal stuff. It's hard for someone to psionically attack you And put a thought or a feeling or emotion into your being that's not already there. But if you got some stuff, you got some triggers, you got some issues, someone psionically goes after that, then you're a puppet on a string, then you're Pinocchio. And the only way to not be a Pinocchio in that situation, be a real boy, is to deal with your shit. And when you deal with your shit, then you're not attackable because you don't have shit to exploit internally, mentally, emotionally. And that's a lot of work. I'm not going to say that's a, that's a yeah. quick statement on something. That's a lot of work, but um, yeah, they're, they're using your own stuff against you.
0: I so wholeheartedly. The,
1: the of that is to picture shit.
0: Yes. Whole, amen. Whole, Thank you. Wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with that. And something that we're all, we constantly preach on this show. We're always, uh, yes. we, we we always want people to work on that. We're working on that ourselves. And I've been at the receiving end. We all have been at the receiving end of this psionic warfare sometimes unknowingly, but sometimes you get to a point when you know that you're being altered or affected by something outside of you. So it's important to understand that and know who you are. But I want to go back quickly to a little bit of the space program stuff. Um, One, I think it's very interesting that by the book, Western Medicine acknowledged that you weren't crazy. Um, Yeah. And well, that's great. That's great for anyone who tries to make that claim like you've you've gone and done the work there and yeah. they've by the book acknowledged that you're not diagnosed with any of this stuff but PTSD nope. that's yeah. that's important to note secondly you've taken a uh, polygraph test Yep, sure and did. you've passed that and would you mind touching on that a little bit because that's huge that these are things that a lot of other whistleblowers don't do they haven't uh, gone into those fields or realms so explain that what that looked like for you
1: sure it's a teeny bit of a story so we actually um were looking for someone to get a polygraph exam from for years and couldn't get someone to do it meaning we had contacted and spoken to polygraph examiners who had said no i'm not going to do it because not because i think i'm lying not because i think you're lying talking to me But because you might be telling the truth. And if you're telling the truth and my polygraph says you're telling the truth and I say you're telling the truth, I'm going to get discredited as a polygraph examiner for being given a shitty polygraph exam. And I was like, really? Okay, that's interesting that that's how that works. Interesting. And it kind of goes back, it turns out, to uh, Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar passed like, you know, half a dozen polygraphs and mm-hmm. the guys who gave him exams were given shit for it. Like, well, you're a shitty polygraph examiner Then if you didn't pick out that he was lying and it's like, no, dude, he passed the test.
2: People so can't get over whole, the fact I'm that bad. this information could be true. So, oh, it must be a shitty, the, the test must be faulty or they must have done right. it.
1: Right, right. Even even though the test is really solid, Yeah. right? It's 98.5% accurate scientifically speaking right so and it it even gets psychopaths sociopaths it doesn't register your emotions it's not registering whether you feel bad about telling a lie it's registering four autonomic responses that just automatically tilt on the chart if you tell a lie and that lie can be as as innocuous as i ate an elephant sandwich for breakfast this morning Right. I have no emotional attachment to that. I don't feel anything about that. I don't feel bad about saying that. But the polygraph would still show, no, nah, that's, that's a lie. You did not have an elephant sandwich for breakfast. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're super solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when the folks at Gaia uh, offered to do a polygraph, I was like, yes, I was so stoked and thrilled to finally take a polygraph, which they take care of. So I will give them a quick uh, shout because they also have an accumulation of probably one of the best groupings of interviews that I've done for anybody. They have a membership fee, you got to pay for it online, it's not too much, uh, but they've been been—they've done great work, they've helped out, and I really appreciate that they wanted to give polygraph exam and I was able to take it because I think it, it has hugely helped my credibility. Uh, the guy who gave the test, uh, a father and son team called Hoff and Hoff, Colorado Springs, Colorado, anyone who wants to call him up and ask about him, um, Thomas Hoff is an ex-Marine, uh, a former L.A. detective uh, who spent over 20 years in the LAPD, has given over 10,000 polygraph exams in his life, and is the president of the Colorado Polygraph Examiner's Association.
0: So he's credible. I could not
1: have asked for a more credible polygraph examiner to give me that polygraph. So I was thrilled that I got it, uh, aced it from what I understand, uh, and acing I mean, there's this difference between sort of a, let me explain a little bit about polygraphs people, because most people don't understand how this room works. Uh, Difference between sort of an inconclusive, a pass and an ace from what I understand. And an inconclusive is just enough fuzzy, you know, plus and minuses on whether someone's telling the truth to go, well, we're not 100% sure this is pretty inconclusive or a conclusive test, which and the re- how you get a conclusive test is with test questions, with a baseline. So the test question is a question which you're supposed to tell a lie to. Gets your baseline. So the quest- question is, like one of them is, um, have you ever said anything to someone in anger that you regretted later? We all have, right? So when they ask that question, you say no. You deliberately lie because everyone's done that. And that's how they get your baseline. So they're asking you questions, and then every few questions they ask you a baseline question again to know what your pattern, your biorhythms are doing when you tell an innocuous lie. So they're checking your baseline against every question, and someone who passes means that they sufficiently got positive results against the baseline, but not 100% of the time because they ask you the same question several times against the baseline. So they're checking multiple times against the same question and the same answer so you have multiple data points to go from and if those don't always show up the same percentage wise a person can still pass the test uh and have a couple bumps right that's still a pass test and ace is the only lies that ever perked up on your chart were the baseline questions right. everything else was flat and so I had baseline peaks and everything else was completely fucking flat. So I aced it, which means nice. I didn't even come close to telling a fabrication of a lie during that exam.
0: Well, the fact, nice. the fact that you were excited to take it in the first place is yeah. telling enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, let
1: me just say this, too. I think everyone should have them. I think people who are tel- talking to the public, claiming to have done different things. I don't think anybody right now should be trusted without a polygraph exam. I think everyone should be vetted. I think there's way too many people who are making shit up and conning people. I'm not going to point fingers and name names, but let's just say it's a
0: muddy pool. It's a Agreed. muddy
1: pool. Agreed. And I think anybody who wants to be credible needs a polygraph.
0: I couldn't agree. Yeah. I couldn't agree. And more anyone with who that.
1: refuses to take a polygraph is probably a fucking liar.
0: I'm just right.
1: going to say that. Someone, yeah, and I know some people who have refused to take polygraphs. So I'm not going to mention names because I'm not a dick. But those people are just fucking liars because they've refused to take tests.
2: Why else would you refuse to take it? Right. If you're telling the truth.
1: Right. Right. And I, I mean, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. I was like, yes, finally, someone's going to give me a polygraph. Someone is like, oh, I'm not going to take a polygraph and walks out the door. That tells you right away that they mm-hmm. know that they're lying.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with you because exactly. there's so many. So there's a few different type of influencers. People, some people like if they claim to have SSP memories, you can tell when they're just sitting there saying, like, I remember this. I don't know what it means, but I remember this. They're not really making any like claims that they've done anything. They're right. just sharing memories. Then you have people. It doesn't have to be SSP. It could be in any field or any realm where they're telling you that this happened and making these bold claims that they were this, this, and this. Yep. Uh, that's where we have to start questioning that because uh, mostly, l- largely, most of this stuff is unverifiable, unprovable based on our current what we would consider evidence, right? Yeah. So
1: you got ha- an RFID dog tag behind my ear, but you, unless you have an RFID reader, you can't look at it. But I mean, I can show the bump under my ear to people. I've, I've to people I've met in person. right. But yeah, but even that's not conclusive evidence. I, I can acknowledge that that's not conclusive evidence.
0: So mm-hmm. my whole yeah. thing is is like we're left with just taking these people's word for it, whatever yeah. they're saying, including yourself or anyone, yeah. me, Aaron. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter we're just taking everyone's word for it because you can't go to Mars or the moon and, and see it for yourself or whatever the case is. Right. So I agree with that. I think it's great. And moving forward, that might be something uh, hopefully it becomes more common practice as people start taking this more serious. If you want the public to take it serious. Um,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you want, if you want the general public to take it seriously, you got to get people polygraphs and and vet people and, like go a little deeper than, than just, Oh, you have a story. Great. I believe you. Like, right. I, I want to trust people too, but we should know better than to just trust every person who says I got a story. Cause you know, people also got a bridge to sell you or land in Florida or all kinds of other lies and cons and things too, that they want you to believe.
0: So. Right. Right. Um. So let's just briefly for those who don't know, what did your time look like? I understand that you were a pilot, you did a lot of patrolling on Mars, uh, and you can briefly cover that.
1: Uh, Sure. Actually, my career kind of breaks up into a few different distinctive segments. Uh, First 17 plus years, I was an infantry soldier uh, in the MDF, which is the Mars Defense Force, on the ground. Uh, After 17 plus years of doing that, uh, I got a promotion got to go to flight school got a commission and then it became a pilot and then spent a few years um basically just as a pilot on an air wing on uh the edfss nautilus which stands for earth defense fourth starship nautilus uh under the command of uh what was his name uh kirkland richard kirkland captain I think it was Richard Kirkland, Roger, Richard. Kirling. Anyway, Kirkland was his name. Captain Kirkland. Nice guy. Um, and that was about three and a half years that I spent as a pilot, not doing much. That was very interesting. Uh, mostly patrols and stuff. Uh, then I got another promotion and I got uh, sent to another ship, which was called the Farragut. The Farragut was a special forces um, transport ship. I called it the Swiss army knife of the fleet because it had like, 15 or 16 depending on the day of the week uh special forces teams that could be deployed rapidly just about anywhere super quick that all had specializations i was part of a team that was soldiers who become pilots so we flew our own planes were rapid insertion high value target uh either retrieval or termination and so we fly in get out do our thing get back get on our own ships and leave super fast so That was about the, that's about another seven years or ish, whatever I thought there to make about 30 year career. So that was basically the steps and where I did, where I was stationed. And with a few, you know, mixes, you know, in the mix there being a few other places, but those were my three main duty stations and my three main jobs.
0: In a nutshell. And guys, if you're listening, go find his other interviews, get on guy like he goes, he goes into a lot of details, um, the details that you might be looking for, but we'd be here forever and it can't be done in one interview. Um So go back. If you want to hear all that stuff, make sure you go check that out. I am curious, have you come across anybody here and on earth, I guess that you remember from your time together that has corroborated?
1: A couple, a couple, a couple of people that would have no desire to have you me mention their names or want to talk publicly about it. and I don't blame them. But a couple, couple people that I've served with and met. I've also had a lot of people send me emails swearing that we've met and that we know each other. I do not recall most of those. So I'm not gonna say that those people are wrong, but right. I don't recall most of the times when people say, I know you, we've met. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. Right. Uh but a couple times, couple times that I've met people and I was like, Oh yeah, we've met before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. had detailed conversations about collective experiences that we had. So yeah, a couple.
0: So outside of outside of your recall and space program memories, do you, are you like an experiencer as far as ET experience or have you had any type of contact?
1: Um, not outside of what is contained within the involvement of me being in that program. So yes, but nothing again, that was outside of that. Okay. Yeah, no that's list. what I was curious yeah no, okay. nothing extraneous to that that i can recall or that i'm aware of
0: right okay right, right. so okay let's get into the psionic stuff because that to me is extremely crucial like we went over earlier yeah. and i guess it's like rewiring your brain is what we're trying to do yeah. and so you I guess what even motivated you besides somebody suggesting it? Do you have some of these abilities? Like I've heard, I've heard people say like telekinesis or tele uh, telepathic communications. Have you practiced? Have you experienced any of that with yourself within yourself? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I was trained uh, in the Marine Corps, how to do this stuff. It's something that I have actively used in my military career more so as I became more developed and got better at it. Um I will say this, that most of what I do or or really am capable of doing is combat dependent, meaning there are certain things that um, I would not be able to demonstrate for you uh, unless someone was coming at me with a gun or a weapon and was really gonna hurt me. Then I could go, oh, here, let me show you how this works. But they're combat dependent at the moment. That's like a safety, you know? a gun so it doesn't just go off all the time unless it's actually being life threatened so most of the things that i'm really good at uh, are combat Uh, but there's a lot of other things i mean i'm not a i'm not the best remote viewer that's for sure but i've done enough of it to be adequate at it uh it's something that i don't practice every day the skills that i practice i'm good at uh dream walking is probably my best like non-militant, non-combat-related psionic ability.
0: Yeah, please explain that. I've heard you mention that in another interview before, and that's a fascinating concept that I've never heard of until you mentioned it. So please explain that.
1: Yeah, sure. So imagine um, visually in your mind, uh, the ground, everyone above the ground in their houses, where their beds are, and then imagine visually below the ground because this is going to help visually. So when people fall asleep, They come down underground metaphorically into a little bubble that they create that is the construct and or landscape of their particular dream verse that they experience, right? And so that bubble forms in this layer we call the dream verse. When people fall asleep, they drop down into it and they form a little bubble. So someone else, goes to sleep and forms another bubble next to that one. And someone else goes to sleep and forms another another bubble next to that one. So if you were looking at the plane of everyone falling asleep, you would see this massive plane of contained landscaping dream first bubbles that the individuals create as they go to sleep. Well, they're all next to each other in the collective unconscious, right? So they're connected. So, there's kind of a barrier that is mostly to keep people in so people don't just go wandering out of their own dreams. It's kind of a smart defense mechanism, to be honest with you, that keeps people contained, but it's not a brick wall. It's not a brick wall at all. It's, It's a layer of thought and consciousness. And so the barrier is only as solid as you want it to be. So the ability to move from one dream construct to another dream construct just becomes a matter of Will intent and practice. So yeah, I I I can just walk into somebody else's dreams and be like, "What are you doing? What's happening?"
0: <laughs> so uh, what does that look like, and is that safe? Is that something you recommend? Because to me, like, if, I I don't know if I would want to enter someone else's dream or not.
1: Oh, I, I let me let me put it this way. Again, it's something I'm good at. So I don't. It's not something I do every night. Believe me, I don't just go into my dreams is let me go wander around in everybody else's dream tonight. It takes quite a bit of energy, uh, takes quite a bit of time if if you want to actually like actually dream walk into someone's space, it takes quite a bit of energy, quite a bit of time. And it's not something that you just do every day. Um and I wouldn't just jump into anybody's, you know, dream construct just because I felt like it. I mean, at this point, it would have to be a, a military reason. You know, I would either have to be intelligence gathering or some other military objective for me to do that. I, I would be considered rude and discourteous and a misuse of that ability for me to just go wandering around into people's dream constructs. That's so how I don't I'm, do that.
0: That's, yes, a, that's I don't how I was getting but at. But
1: yeah. someone who is powerful mentally might present a challenge uh, if I was in their dream construct, but my scions per second output is higher than most civilians. So I don't worry too much. I wouldn't worry too much about that when i'm doing it so but it's it it becomes a conflict of wills conflict of intents if but if you're trying to control or bend or do something in someone else's dream construct it can get very mental battly. but you don't have to do that you can just wander around like an npc in a dream and you know go unnoticed too so
0: this Mm -hmm. is really fascinating to me because i'm uh I've suffered sleep paralysis for years. It was pretty intense. And I figured yeah. out how to notice the what I would call the infiltrator. Someone would enter your dream that doesn't belong. And I learned how to lucid dream. And I, know, I learned how to notice them. And I learned how to wake myself up before they got to me. And if I would do, if I would wake myself up before they got to me, I would see a shadow person in my room yeah. trying to do whatever. And they would, it would scare the shit out of them because they were not expecting me to wake up. So, yep. in, a, in a sense, these other entities are doing a form of dreamwalking. And if you paint, you painted a beautiful picture with the bubbles. So they're just like cruising around and like, oh, I'm going to go attack Tyler tonight uh, because he has an important day tomorrow and I want him to be off and I'm going to throw off his energy field. So they infiltrate that way. This has opened a whole new box for me. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah at, at the minimum, what we want people to understand is that you can create defensive space around yourself from these things. And it's not instantaneously effective, meaning you don't sit down with a technique on creating better psionic shielding and go like, boom, there, I'm psionically shielded perfectly from everything forever. doesn't work that way. It's brain muscle. You have to do it every day. It's something you build on. It's something you build strength on. It is the daily practice again, that builds up. Thank and so if, you really want to be able to defend yourself psionically. You got to build a shield that you build. You don't just okay. go, "Bing," I manifested a shield. No, you manifested brick one of right. your wall, and then you man- mm-hmm. and then the next day you manifest brick two, right. and then the next day you manifest brick three, and you're stacking bricks. And then once you've got a wall, is when you've got an actual defensive system. So it takes it can take a minute for it to be strong but anybody can do it it's right. just practice and diligence yeah. just practice and diligence
0: i agree with that mm-hmm. too like don't give up on that and so psionic energy in general like what is that i've i've heard you say before that all thoughts create psionic energy yep. but i don't know if I, a lot of people might not actually grasp that so can you explain
1: sure um it's 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 a it's a energetic force meaning that it is Registerable as a physical force, as physical energy, when you are using different types of measuring tools. Um, I teach my advanced students uh, a telekinesis technique, and uh, teach them how to build a trainer to work on, which is basically a very tiny, low-mass object that weighs about 0. 0.7 grams, about seven-tenths of a gram, that is in a near frictionless environment. Notice I'm not telling you how to make it, giving it away, but it is an object a, a object that has weight and mass. It's about 0.7 grams in a near frictionless environment in which is also enclosed. So it cannot be affected by air movement, temperature, you wave in your hands or anything. Uh, but when it starts to move, there is physical work that's happening. You, if, if if you were to, you know, say, oh, the object moved this far. It moved an inch. Okay, well you can do some calculating there. Rough calculations. 7, 7 tenths of a gram moved. You know, uh, a two centimeters, three centimeters. Uh, do some calculations on that. Physical work is being done. You have taken a force and moved an object of matter without any physical connection to the object and moved at a certain distance, which means work has been done. Force over time has been done. That's right. physics. So it is physically measurable in that sense that you, with what we call the hard psionic skills, not because they're difficult, but because they are hard. They, they You have a physical sense of manifestation of what you're seeing that's near immediate versus a soft skill, which you don't necessarily have. Remote viewing is a soft skill. Telekinesis is a hard skill. Um precognition is a soft skill. Pyrokinesis would be a hard skill, which is making things turn on fire. Which basically once you learn the telekinesis technique, the pyrokinesis technique is just after is the next step of, of sort of where you could go in that tree but it, these are all things that anybody could do i could teach you how to do them you could learn how to do this what it would take though this is realistic is you have to train at a skill that i showed you how to do an hour a day every day for a year right i don't know i'm sorry is that worth telekinesis <laughs> Is, it worth it? Is it worth it to do something an hour a day for a year? We waste our time I'd say doing so. so many other things for an hour a day for a year or more years. Like it just kind of calculates in my brain that that's a wise, intelligent, practical use of someone's time
0: right.
1: to be able to do something that no one else you know can do. That's, that's an it. edge. That's a lift. And 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 the. Downflow effect of that is just all the other areas mentally and in your brain that also start to develop and strengthen up. So you're not just a one-trick pony going, okay, I'm gonna move an object. My brain, a little bit. Like it is developing the muscles that allow all this other stuff to happen too. So you're working out muscles that then, when you go to do something, you also go, oh, that was easy. No, it's easier because you built a stronger muscle. You know, right. go, yeah. go try to lift a, a 300 pound, you know, brick off the ground, a piece of concrete, go to the gym for two years, come back and lift that piece of concrete. You go, whoa, this was so much easier. No, it's not easier. You built stronger muscles to make it.
0: Right. Right. It's, um, I know a lot of people, I don't know a lot of people, but some people practice aerokinesis also, which is like, CJ, manipulating, I guess, mm-hmm. the wind or air manipulating the air into wind and they'll practice on like a pinwheel or something and it's a good way to test to see if you're but don't do it outside you could do it inside where you know there's no wind and eliminate that factor but Mm -hmm. um i have seen people have success with that
1: yeah i would encourage someone who's trying to like scientifically experiment with that what we do when we do these experiments is we make sure that they're in a closed environment so you want a glass container of some kind that's contained, which you know doesn't have air movement or thermodynamics happening in it, and test what you're doing. Then, uh, you know that's a that's a much better scientific test by creating uh, an isolated environment for the thing that you're affecting. Right. That will just help. I'm telling that to anyone who's doing that because it will help your brain. And your psionic outputs connect to the ability of doing that thing and make it stronger, faster. Right. If your left brain knows that you're not
0: cheating yourself, right? And that if there's your left a whole brain is
1: like, "Did I really do that? Are we just cheating with it?" They might, like, your left brain will do that. If you can set up an experiment there, your left brain goes, "That's right. a lies."
2: Convinced? Okay,
1: good yeah. checks. Mm. They will. It will connect the left and right hemispheres of your brain and do something in development that won't happen if you're sides of your brain are not in order with each other
0: i would say the first step is even believing that you can do it that you are capable oh, yeah. of it yeah
1: oh and yeah absolutely.
0: because if you don't believe you can do it then you're not going to have success and that that works with anything yeah. energy healing everything um, ev- you know
2: so the quote whether you believe you can or you can't you're right right <laughs> you're always right
1: yeah, and let, and let me add to that, yeah. that while belief is super important, I think there are people who also get in trouble with the idea that they can believe anything into being or they can believe anything into happening. That's not how psionic work. That's not how mm. manifesting works. Yeah. Belief is important, but it's not it's not the thing. It's not like I just have to believe that. I it. just have to believe better. I just have to mm. be better at believe. No, that is a factor, but mm. it is not the, the motorcycle. Adult. And they'll be all, yeah. 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 Not the vehicle that's getting you down the road. It's, it's a factor in the engine.
0: So would you say channeling is a psionic ability?
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely.
0: And what do you, what are your thoughts on channeling? Because it can be very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing.
1: Can be. Um, it, it, I had a teacher many, 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 many years ago. And I think uh, she gave an explanation that I think fits really well. Uh, channeling is like picking up a phone, that's connected to another plane of existence, and you don't know exactly who's going to get on the other end and say, hey, what's up, and start talking. So she emphasized asking questions. You know, if you find yourself connecting to something that wants to use your voice box to talk, um, you might want to ask some questions about who are you, where are you from, do you work for what's you know what is your goal in life are you here for my best and highest good stuff like that uh they can get you clarity but you're basically just picking up a phone to somewhere and so someone who picks up that other line might be smarter than you or they might not be they might be more experienced or developed or an understanding at the process of emotional psychological physiological chronic development or they might not um and so there's no guarantee that just because you picked up someone picked up the other line that they're who you want to listen to about anything so
2: they might be deceptive
1: verify i mean you know you you, got to verify who you're talking to and what their dealio is um and be honest with yourself
0: and be honest with yourself when you're verifying that because uh, you can trick yourself into believing that this person isn't deceiving you, but instinctively you know that you're being deceived. But, yeah, and
2: look for the red flags. Also, are yeah, flag um, ego as, a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah, those are those are the big ones, the red flags for sure. Uh, human beings, we we can be very bad at believing the truth because we want to believe what we want to believe. We we yeah. want certain things to be true. And so if someone comes along and says, hey, this thing that you want to be true, it's true. Then we go, oh, that's what I wanted to hear. Oh, my right. God. I love to tell me more of what I want to hear. Exactly. And that's how we get into this whole relationship of just letting people tell us what we want to hear, mm-hmm. whether or not it's true. Right. And so I, I always say if if someone tells you something and it sounds just exactly like what you want to hear, you should pause. Yeah. Because. You you should be wary of someone telling you exactly what you want to hear.
0: Right. I agree. Yeah. It's
1: often not the truth. The truth is often not exactly what we want to hear. It's often something different.
0: Right. It's
2: Or it won't know. align perfectly with everything you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Almost like, never. You're like, oh, wow, yeah. all of this falls into place with exactly what I believe in.
1: I already yeah. believe or yeah. already yeah. really That's want to hear. Yeah. That's how cults get made and have mm. followers and thrive
0: right exactly it, precisely don't get me
1: started we're super anti-cult right uh, because mm-hmm. there's just way too much cultish thinking in metaphysics meditation and
0: well no one's allowed i, I, hate, to...
1: I hate the word spirituality but you know you can call it that right and there's yeah. there's just a lot of nonsense and telling people what they want to hear yeah. uh which isn't true and you're right. telling people no no this is true go ahead I, you'd want to believe this i'll tell you this and read for this come and do my thing and right. pay me money and it's like, no, if you're if you're a real teacher, you're gonna you're gonna disappoint people more often than you're gonna like get them to give you a high five, you know. Right. When Amen. they say something that they understand and they get it to go, oh, great, and they give you a high five. But then there's all the things you're gonna say that they're gonna go, oh, I didn't want that to be true. I didn't know that, but okay, maybe that'll help me be a better person. Like that's the learning process. Is is not just telling people what they want to hear, telling them the stuff that's true that they don't want to hear and say, sorry that you want to hear that it's not true. Mm -hmm. I know that works.
2: And calling out people.
1: But I I want you to know how it works so that you can be an effective person. I'm not trying to tell you it doesn't work that way to get into a personal argument with you about belief. I just want you to be an effective person. Um, But a a really good teacher is going to tell you what's wrong. Right. And what's not right. What you need to change. It's not going to just reinforce what you want to believe. So
0: amen Amen. to that. And and a good a good way to know if you're entering a a cult is if you if you're not allowed to question the information without being casted out, you know, voted off the island.
1: You should always be able to ask questions. And if and if you can't ask questions, you're in a cult.
2: Right. Yes amen yeah, <laughs> thank you
1: yeah <laughs> seen a lot of that yeah around, a, yeah and ask I, questions you're in a cult
0: well you can me always me. ask the questions but how is that received or it's that, a, us, that's what you look for us versus them
2: right. where unless you believe that all of this you're against the, you're the enemy you're like right. I, right. I see that
1: yeah like us so, and them attitudes us and mm. them attitudes are a Dead ringer sign for a cult because a cult has to have an us and a them has to have a them so mm-hmm. that we can be an us with and something to stand against or be. Yeah, right. cults work yeah. that way. They they exploit the binary thinking of the brain.
0: Right, right. Well, that's why, like, it's we're rewiring the brain, but it's also the genetics. So, and your genetic code, I would say, and it, it's just about rewiring all that. But I want to go back into. I wanted to mention this earlier what are your thoughts on, or have you even experienced or worked with time travel it's in the programs? Oh, and yeah. then even now, like what's what do you think is possible? Because that's fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've experienced it. Um, it's a fairly common practice um, as far as there is an organization which manages uh, time travel, temporal travel, so that if you wanted to, for instance, like when I was younger, all right, we got a group of kids we're taken away for a training program. They're gonna be gone for four days, but we want them to come back 15 minutes after they left. Okay, we picked up everybody and we're ready to go at 3:30 p.m. on August 12th. And then we're gonna put in a request to uh time core to bring them back at 345 on the 12th, right? And so there's There's just a process and a protocol and someone who's managing that movement. There are some different kinds of time travel, as I am to understand. There are kinds of time travel in which we are able to experience without actually physically being there. Right, You're experiencing the being there without being able to interact with like a physical object. So there's a kind of time travel where you could send somebody back and they can't interact with like, Physical objects,
2: Mm. like a ghost. There is
1: also a kind of time travel where you can, where 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 it's it's way more physical, interactive, so that there's possibilities for things going wonky or different temporal effects. But let me just, while we're on that subject, butterfly effect is bullshit, right? The notion that you could step on a butterfly in the past and change the future doesn't work that way doesn't work that way if you don't go into the past and change something significant nothing significant is going to change from that into the future only significant things make other significant things happen stepping on a butterfly doesn't isn't a domino effect of something significant that will change the future so just to be clear All butterfly effect right. is bullshit doesn't <laughs> I, work that
0: way. i agree with that actually because That makes sense. I mean, this is something I've been really, really into lately. And from my understanding, you, there's things that you can do, but the, the big significant things, that's what creates the time paradox or whatever they would say. Uh, But there's, there's things that won't change anything. If they do it's so minuscule, it eventually uh, it's like a rubber band eventually pulls back, you know?
1: Yeah, there there are people who, not to be rude or mean, they're insignificant people. and And I don't mean that people in themselves are insignificant. Everybody matters. I have an everybody matters attitude. But there are people who are insignificant in the sense that their life isn't going to change anything. They're not going to be famous for anything. They're not going to make any big change. They're not going to do anything that's going to ripple into the world. And you can look at their family line for 20 generations and no one's ever going to get sprung from their loins. That's ever else going to do anything amazing. There are those people who, who exist like that. There's nothing special about what they're going to do. Nothing special about any of the kids they're going to have for the next 20 generations. And if you plucked that person out at any given point, there would be no effect. There would be no ripple effect. Mm-hmm. You're, you're essentially that's a pebble in the ocean there's no ripple effect from a pebble in the ocean, right? It just kind of plops and goes, and then the ripple stops because mm-hmm. the power of the ocean is stronger than the ripple. But now you get you go back in time and you take out a historical figure. Well, now you're going to change some shit, but maybe not as much as you think it might, right? You might mm-hmm. just change who that person's, like you might get rid of someone as um. A, a political figure let's say you want to kill hitler right okay mm-hmm. so you go back in time you kill hitler and then it just turns out that instead of hitler they find some other douchebag it's to someone be, else like their front man right yeah. you'd have to go back and you'd have to get rid of goebbels and himmler and i mean you'd have to kill them all the nazis in to general stop that thing from happening right so if you just mm-hmm. get rid of hitler you might just go, have a timeline where it was some other dude where it was right yeah you know Right. Yeah, some other German dude that's not Adolf Hitler, and but it would basically still be the same story.
0: Yeah. So, so what do you totally. what are your thoughts on timelines as far as like how many would be existing simultaneously right now? Does each decision create a new timeline? This is stuff like Dolores Cannon talks about. I'm just curious right. on what your thoughts are.
1: Well, um I'm not sure what details I should be able to say about that or not say about that. Um, th- there are, there are some studies and th- there is some programs that work on uh, timeline variants, you know, TVA's right. Uh, timeline variant associations or you know, outfits that do that. Um, so there are variants, there are variation timelines. They are not infinite. From what I understand, it is not an infinite number of possibilities. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's finite, but variable, meaning that there's expansion and contraction periods. And an expansion or a contraction period can last for a couple decades. So they're slow contraction, slow expansion. So let's just say between my hands are just a random number, like 288 timeline variants between my hands, right? So an expansion period that may go from 288 to 290, 295, 300, 310, 315. During a contraction period that might go 315, 310, 300, 298, 288, my hands are going way farther than perspective but that expansion and contraction can change the actual number higher or lower and then you have compressions where timelines compress into each other so when two timelines compress into each other one of the most common things are mandela effects right mm-hmm. that's not how i remember that well, that's how i remember that that's not right and then mm-hmm. and i I I know of of a few personal ones that have come up in my life that are undeniably like happened differently on two different timelines, which merge together Mm because I remember and know other people that remember a certain thing happening a certain way. And then you can Google search and go, oh, that's not how that happened. Or that's not how that happened here. And then had discussion. wait, is that how that happened? Yeah. No, I remember it this way. Okay, why does it say this? And then you talk to those no, I remember it that way. And then you start getting where people were which which memory do they have? Right. Which compression? Right. And so you get compressions. A contraction, I'm sorry, it's a, a contraction and ex- sorry, a compression from a contraction. And an expansion, that's when timelines can pop apart. And then you can have different, again, probably very key and critical decisions that are really going to distinguish one timeline for another to create a separate timeline. So for a timeline to be another variant than the one that it's on, it can't just be a little different. So, right. mm, It's got to be a significant difference for time, whatever time is to go, Oh, I got to have another timeline for that. Mm -hmm. Or no, I can compress that into one timeline or no, I got to separate that out into three. And then these long, expansion and contraction periods.
0: okay so sort of
1: works like that that's that's about the best explanation i can give you without giving you real numbers
0: well let's okay. let's use this as an example um the f- the fake alien invasion that we've heard about for years is that a potential timeline is that agenda playing out on a timeline different from this one or is Like, how would that work? Because, and do our actions and our decisions change that timeline? I don't don't know. It's very confusing, but we always hear about this scenario, right? And I always wonder, well, that's a different timeline. Maybe we've, like, gotten away from that and that won't happen now.
1: Um, Probably not. Uh, So the alien invasion scenario that we're looking at that's probably most likely, almost certainly going to happen is not fake. It's not fake at all. Doesn't mean that there aren't people making decisions and communicating with different sides in such a way that can make it appear manipulative or, by some people's definitions, maybe even semi planned. But that's not the same thing as a fake invasion. Right. This will be very real. It will be very real aliens who will kill people and blow things up. And it will be very serious and it will be very real. And everything that we're looking at, everything that we've been looking at for years uh, is showing a, a bunch of things coming to a point at a certain time here, right in the very near future that we're kind of in the middle of right now, but is we're not quite where everything collides at once. So in December of 2019, at the very, 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 very beginning of pandemic, um, Someone asked me, said to me, Oh, is this gonna be over quick? Is this just is this gonna be a nothing? Is this gonna come and go? And I just went, no. And I said, no, we're we're in stage one of a five-stage process here. And stage one is pandemic stage. Stage two is civil disruption stage. Stage three is World War three stage. Stage four, alien invasion stage, stage five, reconstruction phase. Well, we're well into stage three. I called stage one, I called stage two, I called stage three. Not my personal opinion or my own scientific beliefs. This is just me listening to special section intelligence guys tell me what's going on and then having me relay that information to people. So there is a bunch of things that are colliding in our, the world that we live in. That the, these None of these things were planned in the way that people want to say that they are. I realize people love the word pandemic. It was not planned. That way. It did not go off like it was supposed to. It did not happen in a planned way. That shit got out of the lab way before anybody's intention for it to get out of the lab was. The intention for the Chinese was to get a vaccine first and then use it to get rid of their old people because they got too many old people. So Mm -hmm. they wanted to release it into their own population, get rid of their own old people. Once they had a vaccine that could protect the people that they wanted to protect, some guy in the lab was like, what? Fuck you. I'm not letting my Nana die just because you want to get rid of some old people. And so he took out uh, a sample and released it at the train station and was like, there, level playing field, Mm. no vaccine. Everyone, everyone can get it. Everyone can get sick or or not. And so it was not planned, was not planned at all. That was, it was a completely accidental Revolving set of events that caused that to occur. The civil dis, but it was an inevitability based on the factors that were happening. Civil disruption phase, same way. It was not planned. It was not like this is what we're going to do. We're going to plan a civil disruption phase, but there were certain things that had been motioning along for decades that were just waiting for a tipping point. Right. And that it was inevitable that those tipping points were going to come. It's like, no, they're on their way. I'm, like they're coming I, I, sometime this year. I mean, you know, we didn't, couldn't pick correct. a date. We couldn't pick a date and say, this is what's going to happen on this date. But we knew there was going to be a massive civil disruption phase. World War III phase, same thing. We knew who was planning what. And that's gone unlike what anybody thought it was going to go. But again, it was not none of these things were planned so much as inevitable and occurring at the same time. So we know that the invasion scenario, same deal. It's not so much planned as it is inevitable to occur as all of these things collide so wait for china to invade taiwan and then alien invasions next
0: so okay so i definitely think that on some level obviously there's key players of the cabal whatever deep that, state, the deep yeah. state that are influencing and moving things along obviously like you can't ignore the signs when you when you look when you read between the lines new world order there are that
1: that actually i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna have to take a little bit of issue and say that a lot of people talk about the deep state or these organizations organized crime isn't that organized
0: i agree with that
1: and and these and these supposed groups who are controlling and manipulating anything are way 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 not in nearly as control of things as you might think that they are What we have is a factionalization problem. So we have factions within different military intelligence organizations which have leaned one direction socially or politically and have picked sides, okay? But there is not a cabal of deep state operatives, the Illuminati that is cohesively operating together and controls and manipulates everything. That is a lie so that people don't understand that this problem is fixable Mm -hmm. because when it's presented that way, it seems unfixable. How can we fix something that we can't see, that we can't control, that we can't touch, that it's people who are outside of our control and our ability to do anything with who are controlling all of these events? It's not working that way. There are factions of people who are causing problems. There are factions of other people who are working day and night to keep those people from causing problems. Right. But it's, and, and, and none of those people, none of the people causing problems are all good or bad. And none of the people helping to solve problems are all good or bad. There is no black and white here. There is no one side that's good and another side that's evil. That's not what's happening here. You have factions of people within all of these organizations. Some are good, some are bad, some are psychopaths, some are sociopaths. Some have an agenda, some are cultists. It's this completely clusterfucked environment of factionalization within military intelligence communities, which I could could go into this and talk about the decades of influence and development by outside organizations to affect these internal organizations and the internal effects of these organizations to shift in different ways based on the hiring practices of who they get in and where those people lean psychologically, socially, emotionally, politically, religiously. It's a complex clusterfuck. There is nobody in control. Mm. Nobody.
2: But it seems like- There's
1: nobody who's monkey wrenching the whole thing. There's Mm. nobody who's planning all the bad stuff. It just doesn't work that way. There are good and bad people mixed in everywhere. There are people who are doing things that are good and bad, fucking shit up, but it is not nearly as overwhelmingly complicated as an amorphous organization that is untouchable or unfixable. And I will emphasize, just as my last point here, I will emphasize fixing our political environment is the only solution and it's fixable. It's not broken, it's fixable. But that requires that every citizen start acting like a responsible voter. And that's the problem. We don't have every citizen acting like a responsible voter. So people who lie and cheat and steal manage to worm their ways into corrupt political positions and create chaos and problems and then create networks of good old boys and people who are went to the same fraternity or went to the same sorority or whatever their connection is to cause problems. But it's just not like one group of bad guys that you can blame. There's no legion of doom, dude. There's no legion of doom. They're they're not one group of people who are responsible or making any of this happen. That is absolutely not true. It's fixable, and we have to fix it from the ground up by participating as critically thinking voters.
0: Okay, well, answer this then. So you can't ignore the fact that the media lies to us straight up through their teeth. No,
1: sometimes they tell a lot of the truth too. I I watch every, I watch so much different news outlets and get so much reporting from all these different news outlets. As a matter of study, it is my job to study media information. But
0: but they're getting caught showing us. And the truth is,
1: there is way more factual information that is presented correctly than there is incorrectly. That's a fact. That's a fact. I strongly disagree with that. An hour of any network television we could take an hour of it and we could go through item by item by item and there will be more than 50% of that factual information that is correct well, yeah because they're reporting
0: but they're reporting on shootings and uh Joe Biden's favorite ice cream that's true but the way but they spin things but they're getting always... caught red-handed oh, every day right but
1: let, let's just make a distinction spin isn't lying spin isn't lying that's not the same thing manipulation. false it's manipulation fact, which, which false is false information or lying or spin are not even the same thing
2: well, It's steering people for an agenda a certain way, which is what they're always doing. I don't think that doing. steers
1: people to an agenda at all. I think it distracts them. I think it distracts them from the facts. If Again, I look at all of the information that's being reported, and if you were to look at the facts that are being presented, you could act appropriately on what the factual information is on who's well, doing what and what wheels are but being passed to do what. Who's being elected to what? Who's committing what crimes? The information is there if you know how to sift through it and look through it and avoid spin. But you have to look for the facts. And to know how to look for the facts, you'd have to know how to be a detective. You don't it's, have to have to be an investigator. You have to know what a yeah. fact is. But, but most the difference people between, well, don't. what the difference between a fact and an assertion. This is a huge, this is a huge one for me. So people can make an assertion all day long, but the assertion is not a fact. I can assert, for instance, that um, I have a pen right here that is the color blue. I can assert that. I can say, I got a pen. It's blue. It's right here. I'm not presenting that as a fact because I'm not showing you the pen. See, it's not blue. It's black. So it's I, I can say as an assertion that anything is true, but without evidence of what that is. And evidence becomes What did someone say? What's the audio video recording of what they said? What's the document actually say that was released by that agency? What's in the criminal report? What's in the affidavit? What's in the legal brief? The information that's actually in those paper products and is in that verbal and video information, that's data. That's evidence. An assertion is not evidence. So if you take the evidence that's available and you track that evidence and see where it comes from more often than not it's actually factual than it is made up that's that's from someone who studies this all fucking day long and has expert military intelligence guys to tell me the difference between anything that's factual or not factual
0: right well I mean a lot of what you said I, I'm just gonna straight up I don't agree with it. Um, oh that's
1: fine. But, yeah, that's but, what, that's but why you we made can be, we can be polite and talk right, about exactly. it. exactly. And then, and yeah. that,
0: that's why I love about this but you have you made you make a lot of great points also that are that are absolutely true. But there's
2: But there's corporations that control the media that have clear agendas that they're you, not oh, there's in corporate my opinion
1: influence. Sure. Oh, you want to benevolent talk about the, for corporate humanity, humanity influence. you know. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> but the main thing for corporate influence isn't isn't political. It's it's product.
0: Right, why, I agree most with of that. The
1: reasons, most of the reasons why corporate entities influence the media has nothing to do with whether they want to influence a left or a right political agenda. It's about products. It's about money. getting people to yeah. feel that
0: Control, people to feel money.
1: insecure and afraid of things, so that they need more products.
0: Right. Well, and but it's okay. I'll, whether they're lying to us or not, the overall agenda, which I'll say is an agenda, is to suppress us from realizing who we really are what we're capable of which is exactly what you're trying to teach people what they're capable of because they 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 then you
2: don't need their products then you don't need yeah exactly this
0: bullshit exactly that
1: everyone yeah
0: because they are adamantly steering us away from discovering that therefore is manipulation that's that's
1: a definite corporate agenda it's not a political agenda that's a corporate agenda Mm.
2: yeah right well everyone like well the the pl- the political system is a sham in my opinion it's the the left and right it's just a show in my opinion it's the same it's two wings of the same thing two sides not of not by thing. a long shot
1: but we don't need to go into that conversation but not by a long shot i understand how people who observe it from the outside think that as someone again who has to study it from the inside out every freaking day i i can just say that that's just not factually correct that well, they're they're definitively extremely different factions of social political arms that want completely different socially political things on this okay. right form. i
0: i agree the surface like the people involved like it's all compartmentalized it's compa- yeah it's compartmentalized. so even you like you like you could be getting compartmentalized information and there's people above that like so they don't even know like we can't just claim we can't just claim yeah. that all these are absolutes We have to be open-minded enough for the possibility that there is something more that's going on that even you don't see, you know.
1: Well, I I can't divulge every piece of data that I have seen, every meeting that I've ever had, every report that I've looked at, and all of the people who share this information and the security clearance that I have to look at this information. There is nobody up the chain of command for me handing bullshit down. I get to look at the same stuff that the command staff gets to look at. I get the same data that they get to look at, the same raw information, and there is nobody above them handing information down to them in a certain way that they want them to see it away. We are looking at all of the raw, objective, factual data and using critical thinking to come to factual conclusions about that data.
0: Now, I do agree with you as far as it's a clusterfuck to use your word as far as so you can't there's no way that even even if we want to believe that one nefarious group is controlling it all there's no way no one can actually do that because people individually act all the time out of their own greed and in their own ego yeah. and they can screw up a plan and things change in the fog of war all the time so as much as you want something to go a certain way somebody is going to fuck it up somebody just like your covid story like there's always a factor that you don't right. see that's going to change the outcome so even though they want to have control over something as much as they think they have control they really don't because there's always a human element well, there. free will oh, yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah it's 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 impossible, really. What what you can do as a group of, let's say, high-powered, controlling individuals within any military intelligence, government apparatus around the world, you have certain things that you can do. You have certain things that you can get away with, certain things you can try, and they may work, they may not work. There's no certainty right to that control that manipulation using propaganda or using a false flag that there's no guarantee that any of those things will ever work properly right and so when you do use them there's always a risk factor there's and there's always people that are like not going to buy it there're always people that are like no I don't buy it there are also things that factually occur that people refuse to accept that they factually occur so you have both sides you have i'm going to present a as a media organization, let's just say, or as a governmental organization communicating through the media, I'm going to present a story of information that's propaganda. And then there's going to be people going, hey, I know that's not true. Okay. As again, a media representation organization, talking, talking points from a political structure, I can present some information that's 100% true. And people are still gonna go, nope, that's not true.
0: Right. So it doesn't
1: matter whether you lie or tell the truth, not everybody's gonna believe you. If you lie, some people are gonna believe it, some people are gonna to refuse to believe it. If you tell the truth, some people are gonna believe it, some people are gonna to refuse to believe it. Yeah. So that's it, that's it just doesn't yeah, it's it's too complicated for one person, one group to try and run the world. It's too many factors, it's too many well, variables. You can't do it.
0: And I've been saying, as far as a a real ufo can land on the white house lawn and it could there could be 4k video footage all over the internet a large amount if not most people are going to say that's cgi because they don't they don't want to they don't want to believe it yeah Yeah. and we've been and we've been handed so much bullshit footage that um obviously that's part of the programming but we can't just accept anything at face value anymore is what I'm saying. Even the truth, like you said, it could be a hundred percent truth. Unfortunately, um, people aren't thinking for themselves, so they're not going to be able to discern whether that's truth or not. No, most,
1: most people, again, they don't want to know the truth. They want to yeah. believe what they think the truth is, and they want other people to reinforce that belief. Yeah. So we've, uh, and the algorithms have boxed people into echo chambers. So the Mm -hmm. algorithms have just made sure that if you want to hear one version of truth, that's all you're going to hear. You're not going to hear any other versions of it. And you're going to start to feel isolated with the people in the same echo chamber that are hearing the same information over and over and over again, uh, which is, you know, usually garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is where I have to take issue with the entire community at large. 95% of what people say is a real conspiracy is utter horseshit, utter horseshit. Less than 5% of things that say are actual conspiracies are real. Most of the garbage people are peddling right now is just absolute horseshit. But it's because it's what people want to hear. Some people want to believe it. They want it to be true. And so they lock onto it and they go, oh, this must be true. And then they become... in. Part of a bubble of a belief of things that aren't true because it's what they want to believe well people uh, like the. Fluff. it is still my position to say i'm just going to tell you what the truth is whether you want it or not whether you believe me or not whether you like it or not okay but that's just my job to be honest and
0: truthful. right and yeah. we appreciate that uh and and you're you're right in the fact that uh fluff the the spiritual fluff whatever it is that people want to hear that gets you followers it's more entertaining like even our channel when we are episodes, when we talk about personal development, going inward, the growth, the doing the real work, they are easily our most least viewed episodes yep. because people don't care about that. Whenever you come yeah. out with these shiny bells and whistles and you enamor people with this information, they love it. And we get all these thousands of views and it gets shared. But the real stuff, which we can go back to because I want to. Uh, the psy- the psionic abilities, and and working on yourself and developing that, regardless of what's going on in the world stage or what's happening anywhere, what it comes down to is it individually what you're doing every day. Uh, bottom line, that's the most important.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I would rather people think that the most important thing that they can do for themselves is make their system work, and I, I mean their internal system, their mind body system work, making your own mind-body system work is the most valuable thing you can do for yourself or your community, your city, your state, your country. If you believe that there's something you need to do to make your town, city, state, country, world, planet a better place, best thing you can do is master your mind-body experience. That's going to get you the most play, the most advantage, the most benefit from anything that you do in life and any impact that you're going to have
0: it's right. fundamental
1: it's, it's just fundamental building blocks
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and okay so last thing um before we well did you want to say well, something I, yeah go ahead
2: because i'm curious you, you made a big uh statement with the alien invasion thing um because oh, that's yeah. a so what do you think it seems it seems like you think that's like an inevitability like that's well oh, yeah. what i would say i have a few questions why hasn't that already happened what are they waiting on for that to happen who is who is it actually going to be ets coming or is it going to be humans with advanced craft and what's the goal of that do you think sorry if that's a loaded (laughs) no
1: no no. uh second question first insectoids it's going to be giant bugs it's not going to be fun uh first question what was the first question again
2: um, why hasn't that already happened yet? Oh, what are they waiting happened?
1: on because, right? Because it's event driven, not time, not date driven. Okay. So we we knew that there were some events that were going to have to occur, and that when everything was at this roaring boil, uh, then that's when it was going to happen. And so, like I said, pandemic phase, civil disruption phase, World War Three phase, that's all shit going crazy we began the World War III phase when Russia invaded Ukraine, but that slowed the entire process down because it didn't go well for the Russians. Everyone was expecting it was going to go great for them. And they got their asses stomped, absolutely stomped, 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 which I cannot be more happy or more thrilled to watch the Russian army get their asses pounded into the ground by the Ukrainian forces. I am so proud of this. So why were they showing
0: us fake video game footage on the news of that? Every day they were getting busted, caught red-handed showing us fake footage. Like if there's a real war, why do they have to show us literally video game footage and footage from like past wars?
1: Well, I don't know what you're talking about because I've seen tons of legitimate footage and I've seen intelligence report footage, which is satellite footage. Well, I'm not discounting war, I'm just wondering footage. why. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know who you're talking about. Who's been putting up fake
0: pictures. media,
1: the media, all everybody. Well, who, media, everybody. OK, let's media. no evidence. Let's talk evidence. What evidence is there that a media organization put up false images or pictures? We uh, caught we, it. We caught it. <laughs> like, everyone like it. No, 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 no. You, you, hear my question. What? evidence do you
0: have that that happened i have how do you know that what they presented is fake because you go back and people compare it they take it from the screenshot from the news that all the news outlets put out the same footage and from
2: other events and and then they and then they
0: take this video game like look this is a screen this is a cut scene from a video game that the news is trying to tell us is happening in ukraine right now They're lying. That's a straight up lie. Why would they use that? Okay, so you're going to have
1: to show me that evidence for me to look at it and analyze it myself and then come to a conclusion where that evidence is viable or not. That's called critical thinking. Right. I have not seen any fake footage. used. All the footage that I've seen is
0: very hard because there there was a ton of it. There was like every yeah. day they were putting out fake stuff and people were just pulling it down like they're using footage from movies, video games, past wars, because they don't have different, any real footage that's happening now. Yeah. Uh,
1: mass like graves aren't see. fake, dude. They're, they put the video and the footage of the mass graves that they've been coming out of. I'm not saying this everything. those are not fake. I'm not, not fake. saying
2: everything's fake, but they're murdered. using a lot of fake stuff. And then then the question is well, me-
1: I'm just saying, here's what here's what I'm saying. If you have actual evidence of that, I'd love to see it. Okay. Well, I mean, the person. internet too. I, I have seen no one present evidence to me that that's true. Well, you I don't evidence-
0: don't. Here's the thing: don't let anybody present it to you. Just go look for it because it's everywhere. You can go online and find it.
1: I I, I don't look for that evidence. So I that's, don't look for that information. I look at the raw footage. I'm looking at the data, and then I'm corresponding that with the intelligence reports and the video and satellite feed images that we have from Special Section. That's how I do this homework. Right. right. I'm I'm looking at what's being presented, and I'm checking that against satellite imagery and intelligence photos and stuff that we have from on the ground that shows that the exact same things are happening. So I I see confirmation in these things all the time with satellite and video and photographic imagery taken by intelligence sources.
0: Right. So mm-hmm.
1: I so if you had no so if you have something to show me that well, is I mean, it's true. I'd love to see it, but I have not to dig it up
0: curious anyway it's um, not true
1: without evidence it's right. not true without evidence
0: if you well, can this show could, me the well, evidence, also, well
2: so is saying without
1: that. evidence it's not true
0: yeah
2: but, so, but is, so is saying what you just said you could say okay we're like we haven't seen that you know so
1: oh i i i've I, i've passed a polygraph i have also uh people have certainly called the fbi to report me for committing crimes and felonies which like can no, not the space no program. no not
2: not your story is I'm, I'm talking about the uh the Russia Ukraine situation. Right. Like- oh,
1: I am again there there's so much data to support that truth that I, I think the data supporting that factual evidence is more overwhelming than anything that I've ever seen that could contradict it. I've seen way more actual footage, way more people have put up footage on their websites using their phones, putting them on their blogs, putting up on their way more information has just come out about this from people who hold out their phone. And pointed it at something and got that footage. I agree so with that. There's real we, footage. Look, we've looked at all this footage. We've have, we have seen. I'm saying if you have evidence of that, I really want to see it. Well, I, they, no they, one has shown me evidence that there's fake the evidence
0: footage. is Operation Mockingbird that is known that
1: that's not evidence. The evidence would have well, to be you would have to show me a specific shot of a specific show that is using fake footage and then identify how that footage is fake and how you know it's fake. That's evidence, dude. That's critical thinking. Right. If you can't do that, they... then what you have is an assumption. Thousands of an people have already done that true. though. But if you don't have the factual evidence that it's true, it's not factual. It's an assumption. I'm trying to help out. If you have evidence, I'm to right, but... see it. i want to hear it.
0: Well, th- no we can send yeah thousands I mean, thousands of people have already done that just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not true that's where you like well it's about being well, open no no, to, no it's uh, not
1: true until until i can see that it's evidence but it's not yeah, true
0: to you yeah two ago yeah, but it could be true on the world stage but maybe not to you because you haven't seen it yet it, it's it doesn't about, mean that it's until not i see true. the
1: evidence it's not true but i want to see yeah, it. that evidence that's, i want to see it believe right, me I then, see all the evidence and
0: everybody has their own version of what they constitute as evidence so
1: no, 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 <laughs> no, there is not a, there is not a criteria that people can accept whatever they want as evidence. That's not how evidence works. Exactly. Detectives and investigators cannot just pick and choose what they want to use as and, evidence. Yeah, but you're
0: t- you are literally picking and choosing what you're determining to be evidence and you're doing exactly what you're saying.
1: No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm being presented with evidence that I know is taken from satellite imagery, taken from agents on the ground, military personnel on the ground, Army personnel, Marine Corps personnel, Air Force personnel. And that's evidence. That's through a chain of evidence that is factual and demonstrable. Someone who took a picture of something or post something online and says this is fake has to show the evidence of how that's fake or it's just an assumption. Well, the information that. that we're looking at is from official sources. There's nothing more official than that information. There's more official than on-the-ground military intelligence agents taking photographs and video, right? And counting yeah. bodies well, and 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 counting, you know, artillery shell holes.
0: Well, the the thing That's evidence.
1: Is That's solid evidence.
0: You're privy to data that I guess the public isn't privy to. So, of course not. So you're obviously looking at military statistics you could say and satellite imagery whatever that we don't right. have access to but we can e- it doesn't take uh analyst or any any specialist to point out when things aren't adding up that when we're seeing fake footage i mean you don't need this type of c- circumstantial or substantial evidence that you're looking for but to- at the same
2: time i i like that you're saying like don't just believe you see you see all kinds of stuff online don't just believe things that face Right. You know, you got to really dig in and like, try to verify like, okay, this is the claim. Let me dig into this and see if the, there's something behind this. But then you got to know how to do that. And right. what yeah. the real sources. Yeah. Again, right. I like what you're saying.
1: Well, yeah. and again, I, not not to heart, but but you don't just get to pick what your criteria for evidence are. Evidence is what's in the list of what is criteria for actual factual evidence. Exactly. Assertions are not evidence. Yeah. Hearsay is not evidence. Uh, a video that was taken by a professional source, a field agent that shows you audio video, that's evidence, right? So mm-hmm. there are things that aren't evidence on the list of what is and isn't evidence. And so as a critical thinker, you can't just decide that you think something is wrong or different. What's the evidence, right? Yeah. So if 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 someone, I want again, I want to I want to see and hear it if someone's got it. If someone says, "Hey, they're using fake footage on the news," okay, show me the evidence. Show me the footage of the news clip, and show me where that clip originates from. Show me an originating source that can prove through evidence that that's what's happening. And if someone
0: can show that to me, well, that's evidence. The news, the news... But an
1: assertion that that happens is not evidence.
0: Well, the news already, See the difference? It, well, the, yeah. the, here's the thing. So I'm not going to do that for you because that's not my job, but the news already got called out on it and they had to redact the and they had to come out and tell people why they were using this fake footage. They already acknowledged it. So it's not anything that we're making up and they, they they just use some bullshit freaking answer to just try and sweep it under the rug. But they did. They, so many people questioned it. They, they had to acknowledge it. Um, and that's, you know, that's not my job to, but then the, the
2: question, yeah. So then the question that naturally occurs there is, well, why are they using fake footage? What's the goal here? Why aren't they just using real footage only? Why to, are they having to, to promote- but that's just a question, you know, I'm not trying to present answer. It's just about questioning
1: questioning like why usually, are they doing that's this? actually an answer from a production point of view that usually has more to do with who the producer of the show is and where they're getting their con where they're saying we need pretty pictures to go with this or okay. ugly pictures to go with. This.
0: <laughs> you the know that's that's very person. possible also yeah. so it depends well, on
1: it really i can tell you having watched people produce media that it really depends on whether the producer was on the money and got the right footage and produced it in there or not, or whether they were like, nah, we need to just use, we need to show a war footage scene and I'm just pull this out. So that's usually a producer issue, not like a broad sweeping, you know, corruption issue or conspiratorial issue, because again, that's that's an incident. You're still talking about an incident. I'm I'm talking about dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of footage that I have seen and have watched come across the screen and seen verified that is legitimate. Well, I'm not saying an incident doesn't tell an incident does not tell me that all that information is fake. An incident says there was an incident, but since all of that other information is verifiably legitimately happening, that doesn't negate the facts.
0: Yeah. And and for the record, I'm not saying incident doesn't
1: negate facts. For the record,
0: I'm not saying that you're wrong, and I'm not saying that that war was fake. I'm just saying, and, and okay, we'll call it an incident. And I'm not saying that the footage, the cell phone footage, and all that stuff. I'm not saying nothing was happening. I was just questioning why the media would do that. We're just trying was, to look at the
2: agenda. I, w- I would question why on, the
0: media would like do what? that sure. if there's not an agenda. So, yeah. I mean, we can just, I mean, we can go sure. on, and and on and on.
1: So here's, here's what I can tell you how that usually works. Again, it's, it's usually a production choice. A producer said, I need footage. I'm going to use this footage. And then like, oh, fuck, I got busted because I used the wrong footage. The possibility of it going higher up the chain of command of sort of telling someone to put something that's completely wrong and fake up is just way less likely to happen because of the self-checking mechanism of the competing organizations that hate each other. So I know people like to talk about, oh, the media is all inclusion. No, they hate each other. The networks hate each other. They hate each other and they compete with each other. So if one network totally bullshit lied about something, their competitor would pick up on that and run with that. So if there were real legitimate stories of networks just totally fucking shit up, their opponents would run with that shit when they get shit wrong. Because when someone does get something that I have, wrong, I have seen that happen. They get torn to pieces for it. They get torn to pieces for it. Yeah.
0: Well, everything's. Yeah, but, they're, they're always in competition.
1: Uh, can we get
2: back on track, though.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. We we we've gotten far off off
0: the point. Yeah, right
2: yeah. There, no, but no. no but it was good. But um. So so the the alien invasion thing. You said you said it's event driven. why just why it hasn't happened yet. Because
1: China hasn't invaded Taiwan yet, and North Korea hasn't launched a missile at Japan yet. When those two things happen, alien invasion is next.
2: So why? So why? What's their goal with that? With the whole invasion, what what is the plan? What are they, what trying, to think, what are they trying to achieve?
1: Depends on depends on who you're talking about when you say what's their agenda. Again, this is a factionalization problem. We don't have anybody in charge. There's the easy, nobody who's making okay. this decision as if. This is what everyone's going to do. It's a factionalization problem. And someone has arranged to make this happen in such a way that the rest of us are going to have to deal with it.
2: The ETs. So what is it different factions of ETs or is it going to be just one? Do you think
1: as near as the, all the reports that I have seen have, have been for one insectoid species uh, that I don't know if there's more than that, but the reports that I have seen are only showing one insectoid species.
2: So are they just going to come in like? cause a bunch of destruction or like what like what's the goal with that do you think
1: um land and take territory take military uh territory uh, for mm-hmm. military advantage and try and negotiate uh some kind of a surrender but th- that's not how it's going to happen but that's probably what they're going to do again based on the reports that i've seen the infantry reports that i've seen but we'll see what actually happened when it's would, on the ground
2: would that kind of so would that kind of let the cat out of the bag as far as ETs at that point? Would would the well, world be like? The oh, the they point. exist!
1: Like that's kind of the point, guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. is, is that if it's an invasion, no one can deny it, and the people who want to deny it can go out in the street and hug a bug and get killed, and then they'll know that it's real because they'll get killed. <laughs> so i yeah. I want to say this. I want to say this for the record. I want to say this for the record. I encourage everyone who thinks that the aliens, the giant insects, are holograms. Go give them a big hug. It's a hologram. Go give it a big hug and prove yourself wrong and get killed. Please do that.
0: (laughs) Who's claiming? I don't know. I guess I haven't heard anybody claim that. Please be a
1: Darwin Award and go get yourself killed for being stupid because they're going to
2: be very real. Well, there's just so many people on the planet that don't, they think it's preposterous to think that. Either ETs exist or that they could possibly be here on the planet. Or- so it has to be. Uh, a it's not that
1: many anymore. It's less than 30%. It's like less really? than 30% of the population. It's, almost, it, it's, it's been closing in for about the past two decades. It's, it, we watched it go from like 37% of people who think that aliens are probably real to 45, 47%, 53, 56%. Up into the 60s, like 67% or something. So Mm -hmm. we're almost now exclusively seeing that the remainder of the population who doesn't want to believe that aliens are real or that they're
2: demons. Or that they're demons or yeah, religious. Yeah. Right. No, it's it's
1: no religious extremists make up between 25 and 30 percent of the population worldwide in America and worldwide. Mm -hmm. And so we're we're down to where you have about 70 percent of people who accept that aliens are real and it's fine and about that other 30 percent is just like no way and it's almost exclusively religious extremists now
0: yeah i I agree with that that makes sense because it's so common talk everywhere you look you can't go anywhere without seeing some sort of alien signage or merchandise or stickers Mm -hmm. on a car whatever commercials that utilize uh ets and ufos it's out so there many movies it's, and shows it, or, it's just yeah. pumped into our subconscious all the time that yeah. it, it's only an inevitable that the percentage is going to increase and oh yeah to me that's a good thing because you know we need to know
1: it is a good thing well the close the, the we've kind of the powers that be who are considering you know how to have disclosure events that's a number they've been watching Right. They're not they're not going to disclose as that with that number is under 50 percent. No fucking way. So they've been waiting for that number to get over 50 and climb. And now it's right about bumping up against the maximum number that it's going to grow to organically. And it's going to have to push the rest of the way with an event. Right. That, again, it, it's this minority of religious extremists that are going to be the worst problem.
2: Yeah, when that
1: happens. Those are the people who are going to freak out. And they're mm. going to see how many people they can take to go see Jesus with them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I, I read between the lines what I'm saying. There some people right. are going to want to go home to be with Jesus. And they're going to want to take as many or, people with them as Jesus
2: or Allah or whatever. Yeah.
0: Whatever they believe. In oh, them. in this yeah.
1: country, it's going to be Christo-fascists. In this country. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. all over the world, it's going to be all the whatever religious extremists happen to be in that part of the world. They're all going to freak out. Right. Because they can't handle that their religion is wrong. And the religions are wrong. They're all wrong. They're all wrong. All all religions are wrong. I'm just (laughs) going to say it right now. All religions are wrong.
0: I agree with that. Amen.
1: (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen All religions
0: are wrong. wrong. (laughs) Amen. To all religions are wrong. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, this has been fascinating, interesting, unexpected. Um, can you please uh get back into letting us know how people can sign up for your course, your website, where they can find you
1: totally uh our website is uh university of conscious evolution.com uh you can go there and see what we're up to uh there's links to the courses and uh we do consults on special subjects i'll just leave it at that there's some more detailed information on the website for people who that resonates with and need to talk to us personally um the right now the psionics course is A 2.0 version of the course we had last year with a whole bunch of new stuff added to it. So we rebooted the beginning course and we're going to be redoing the advanced course as soon as we're all done with that. And so the beginning course is fundamentals of meditation, fundamentals of your psionic foci or chakras. We don't call them that because it's not sciencey. We call them psionic foci, Uh, psionic self-defense, manifesting human energy system and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so if people want to go and sign up for the class and they want to use a coupon code that says journey to truth, cause I'll make one up for you guys. Uh, we're watching your show. They can get 15% off tuition.
0: Oh, great. Oh,
1: thank you. So, yeah. um, and the basic course is a basic course. It's not designed to blow anybody's socks off. You want to be wowed and zazzed. You're going to have to wait for the advanced course, but the basic course is just a reinforcement of the fundamentals and the fundamentals are basic. And you just have to practice the basic fundamentals. So uh, I we designed the course so that a twelve-year-old could do it. So it's simple, it's straightforward, it's streamlined, but it also contains all of the essential information that a person would need to begin a practice of meditation and psionic self-defense and using their psionic outfits to do things uh, in their world around them and in themselves. So it's a it's a fundamental starting point. Wow, that's great. We're We're very proud. We're very proud of it. We we worked really hard on it. We took What we did last year and went, well, that was interesting. And some of that worked and some of that was crap and turned it into something that we're really proud of. So, great. We just hope that people get the basics and the fundamentals out of it, get to some kind of daily practice that they can see for themselves what the benefit is. You sit down and meditate every day for 30 days. And at the end of that 30 days, you can't find a reason why it's helped you done better, made your brain smarter or anything and why you should keep continuing okay but i'm going to say that you know 90% of anybody who does that for 4 weeks or 5 weeks is going to have some differences happen is going to experience that oh this is helping me this is making me feel bar- smarter, better, more balanced, more grounded, more centered, less reactive it does all of the things that help us be better human beings right so we just want everybody to be a better human being and we want to give them simple tools to do it really that's that's what we're after we just want people to be better and here's some simple tools to be better
0: yeah and it's honestly the most (coughs) needed course it's the most needed work out there right now like everyone needs to do that and whether you realize you do or not because we all catch ourselves reacting and and like you said, if you don't know yourself, you don't know which thoughts are your own, and it's hard to discern. Blah blah blah. Yeah. We've covered it all, mm. so appreciate that. Uh, we will put that link below um, and send me over that promo code, and we'll put that. Um, oh yeah, there as well.
1: Oh, uh, we're just. I'm just gonna call it Journey to Truth. We'll just make it the title of your show. So, but I'll, I'll email it to you. I'll send it to you just in case. But perfect. It'll all be stuck together.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for thank sharing your time and your information. And thank you for coming on joining us today. Uh, it was a ride. Uh, yeah. and, and Can
1: I say one last thing? Yeah, Absolutely. I want to thank you gentlemen for having a civil discourse. It is possible to have disagreements, to not think that everything you're on the same page about and still have a civil discourse about it, exchange information and learn things without having to stab each other in the eyeballs about it. So we right. disagree and have civil discourse. I just want to emphasize that to everybody in the world right now. We can disagree and still have civil discourse. Well, it's the on, honestly, uh, absolutely, it,
0: and, it, and it's the only way forward because mm-hmm. all because then you you find yourself constantly fighting with people, and we're not uniting, you know. And then you and get the us
2: first them. You get groups that fight, all, yeah. Ultimately, not...
0: ultimately, we all want the same thing, and we're yeah. all working for the betterment of humanity. Whether you understand something or believe something differently than somebody else. At the end of the day, it doesn't make a difference. You're still going to if you're walking down the street next to that person and something happens to them, and you're in a position where you have to save their life, you're going to save their life because human instinct kicks in. And we're here. We're all the same. We're all here for each other at the end of the day. So we had to put those petty differences aside.
1: Yeah, most people are more decent than their sides represent. And so I think the fundamental basis is we can all just remember to be kind to each other and be civil and you know don't watch it don't search it
0: right yeah exactly um well thanks for joining us uh yeah. this this has been great
1: thanks for having me
0: yeah um thank you guys for tuning in we love you all we could not do this without you until next time have a great evening good night